0: Happy Friday. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is Important, Not Important, Science for People Who Give a Shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you and I can do about it together. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter every Friday, plus my conversations with the world's smartest people and what you can learn from them. On Mondays, you can find the email version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com/newsletter. The link is also, of course, in your show notes. A quick PSA. Ine is 100% independent and mostly reader supported. The newsletter is free to all, but to pay it forward and support our work, get weekly deep dive essays from me and guests, to connect with other listeners like you and get an invitation to our community in the delightful comment section, please consider becoming paid member, for just $5 a month. Visit importantnotimportant.com membership to become a member today. Lastly, today's newsletter is brought to you by our friends at Beehive. What's Beehive? It's the newsletter platform built for growth, and it's where our newsletter comes from. When starting a newsletter, there's so, so many choices to choose from. But there's only one publishing tool built to help you grow your publications as quickly and sustainably as possible. Beehive was founded by some of the earliest employees of the Morning Brew, and these are just a great team of folks, and they know what it takes to grow a newsletter from zero to millions. The all-in-one publishing suite comes with built-in growth tools, customization, and best-in-class analytics that actually move the needle. It's an -an all-in-an-easy-to-use interface. I love it. Not to mention it's got responsive audience polls. We haven't done one of those yet. A custom referral program. You love it. SEO optimized web pages, and so much more. So, look, if you've considered starting a newsletter, there's no better place to get started and no better time than right now. So, go to beehive.com and that is B E E H I I V.com to get started for free. No credit card required. It is September 2nd, 2022 in climate change news. So, I said, passing IRA was the end of the beginning, a new day for sexy industrial policy, green diplomacy, and the fight to slow the climate crisis. And the U.S. is suddenly a nation with a new glimmer of climate credibility. Solar news, the country's largest shop, First Solar, is investing $1.2 billion into a new factory in the southeast. In car news, Honda and LG announced a $4.4 billion EV factory in Ohio. In battery news... Panasonic announced a $4 billion battery cell factory in Kansas and maybe another one in Oklahoma, too, while Toyota threw in $2.5 billion more for its North Carolina plant. In other news, Ream dropped a 120-volt heat pump water heater, and folks, that's a big fucking deal. California passed $54 billion in new climate money and established oil well buffers and kept Diablo Canyon nuclear plant open. Awesome. The momentum is building, To electrify every building, to use AI to power a smarter grid that we have to build, and to cover shrinking canals with solar panels. We're doing it. Worldwide, Delhi's going to spend $600 million to electrify its public transportation and clean up the world's nastiest air. In China, EVs are now 26% of all car sales, up from 3.5%. In Sweden, a graphite mine is still delayed as environmental permits fail to materialize. And a $9 billion offshore wind hub in the Baltic Sea could actually replace a decent chunk of Russian gas. Lastly, sunny Australia could do 100% renewables, according to a new study, but keeps approving coal mines. And I'm like, guys, what are we doing? All of these, of course, will require vastly more clean economy-specific minerals and metals. And that's complicated because that means we have to mine them. And copper, the wiring that connects the present to the future, might see a 50% increase in demand over the next 20 years. And America is sitting on a huge nickel deposit, but those mines have a brutal environmental record. From the New York Times, in 2020, one company blew up a 46,000-year-old system of aboriginal caves in Australia in a search for iron ore. Copy and paste all of this, re the ocean beds, consider the status quo, the heat, the flooding we've got some hard questions to ask and answer asap about how we're going to build this future here's what we can do read rewiring america's home electrification guide and then share it with your apartment your hoa and your city council let's get to work at home in covid news so i want you to listen to this sentence and then go to the link after it because today's the last day it's going to work okay Go to COVID.gov and order your free COVID tests. That's it. I'll wait. Great. Now that you've done that, understand that two fundamental tenets of our COVID life are about to change. One, the FDA and CDC approved updated booster shots for the first time ever. While the virus is going to keep on keeping on and changing, these new shots will at least target Omicron variants, which is something, at least. So, Also, it seems like the consensus is to get yours at least three months after either your last shot or infection. Number two, those tests you just ordered and these boosters have been free to you uh, all along. Well, I mean, your tax money paid for them, but you didn't pay directly out of pocket for them. Well, at least for these tests. The ones you bought at CVS or Target or Walgreens or whatever cost you money unless you submitted them to your insurance. The point is this. Despite horrific messaging throughout, frankly, big government has actually footed the bill for most of our mitigation strategies over the past couple years. Without further funding from Congress, which is not coming, that time is coming to an end. To be clear, you can actually still submit your tests to insurance. But anyway, the point is, the true costs continue to be made clear. 500 deaths a day, long COVID, uh, student score suffering. The point is, any further actions to stem the tide are on you and me and your wallet. Unless we decide to do this together and, again, work on the local level, here's what we can do. Get Biobot. What's Biobot? Go to the link in the show notes to get your county's wastewater treatment plant and community access to free COVID-19 wastewater and variant testing so you all can see what's coming. In food and water news, it's 2022, and the capital city of an American state is without potable or firefighting water For the foreseeable future, in recent floods withstanding, it's a long time coming. Jackson, Mississippi's been on a boil advisory for months, got sued by its own children over widespread lead poisoning, and has been working with the EPA to remove bacteria like E. coli from the 100-year-old, 1,500-mile network of pipes. Mississippi, of course, is also in deep shit for mismanaging federal welfare funds, sending them to Brett Favre for speeches he never gave. Those funds would be pretty helpful right now. Here's a summary from Grist. Local advocates say that the city's water problems are rooted in the history of racism and neglect. The city suffers from old infrastructure that was designed to support a larger population. Interesting. After the civil rights movement led to the integration of schools and other public facilities in the 1960s, white people fled the city by the thousands. According to the Jackson Free Press, nearly 20,000 white people left the city between 2000 and 2010. When white people left, of course, the city lost both tax revenue and institutional support. Today, the city is roughly 80% black. Similar circumstances if it led to water crises in Flint, Detroit, and other cities. it's not the past that's at stake in Jackson. This isn't Looper or Endgame. It's the present and future of its businesses, its adults, and of course, its children. We can do better, better right now. I mean, you can't fix those pipes, but here's what we can do. You can help now with donations to a group called Cooperation Jackson, a local cooperative working to ensure water access for the homeless, elderly, and those with limited access to transportation. In health and bio news, for all the progress we've made in treating cancer, the side effects can still be absolutely brutal. And I'm not even talking about chemotherapy. From science.org. About 10% of those who get checkpoint inhibitors are hospitalized with immune toxicities. As many as 1% die. A 2021 study suggested that about 40% of those taking checkpoint drugs develop chronic complications, often arthritis or endocrine dysfunction. They said when people have four months to live, the risk makes sense at Carrie Reynolds, an oncologist at Massachusetts General Hospital. For less advanced cancers, the risk profile changes and doctors crave more information about who stands benefit. Now look, the market for these immunotherapy treatments, measured in eligible patients and thus revenue potential, is growing bid time. And that's great because it can help a lot of folks. But to minimize side effects and still unleash the power of the drugs, Dr. Reynolds and friends at MGH and Duke have pioneered algorithms and trials to understand which cell populations and signaling pathways are behind the complications in different patients. I am, of course, cheering for them. Here's what we can do. September heralds the 10th annual Million Mile from our friends at the Alex's Lemonade Stam Foundation. It's a month-long movement challenge that funds researchers so they can find better treatments and more cures for childhood cancer. Because truly, folks, fuck kids' cancer. Truly. So, I've started a fundraising team. I've committed to one 100 miles of some sort of distance over the month and $10,000 raised. You can join Team Important Not Important at the link in your show notes. In computer news, you've never heard of Fog Data Science LLC, why would you? But they've heard of you and have given your location data to local law enforcement agencies across the country, and without warrants. From the Associated Press, the company was developed by two former high-ranking Department of Homeland Security officials under former President George W. Bush. Sure, why not? It relies on advertising identification numbers, which Fogg officials say are culled from popular cell phone apps such as Waze, Starbucks, and hundreds of others that target ads based on a person's movements and interests, according to police emails. That information is then sold to companies like Fogg. They said, it's sort of a mass surveillance program on a budget, said Bennett Ciphers, a special advisor at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a digital privacy rights advocacy group. So, do the few details about the company and its practices, having sold billions of data points about over 250 million devices, painting basically a picture of your daily life, again, often without warrants, do those help skirt the Fourth Amendment? Maybe. The good news, the FTC is finally going after data brokers. Last week, they sued Kakava. Kakava? Kachava. Who knows? A similar company. Because the bartering of such identification data is likely to injure consumers through exposure to stigma, Discrimination, physical violence, emotional distress, and other harms. I think it's clear that I fundamentally am against the unregulated intrusion of surveillance into our everyday lives. And I am glad to see, especially in light of Dobbs, more pressure to rein in these practices. Here's what we can do you should read the wired coverage of the data brokers situation from this week. And of course, also throw a donation over to the EFF. Here's 11 things from my notebook this week. The Calm app's credentialed head of science bailed on the company. Why? YouTube is going to go ahead and label election videos and search results to prevent disinformation. An incredible investigation of deaths at the border from Yesenia Funes. Asphalt school programs in Los Angeles are 145 degrees this week. It's time to paint your roof white. And an update, Google Maps will actually start labeling abortion providers. Thank you to everyone who worked hard on that. Can we grow new organs Inside of people. Germany's cheap train tickets saved almost 2 million tons of emissions last year. Someone's developed enzymes that could eat and recycle your shoes. France became the first country to ban fossil fuel ads. And lastly, in special news, look, the flooding in Pakistan is an absolute nightmare. Pakistan has contributed less than 1% of global emissions and is just getting crushed. They basically have a new lake. Look at the satellite photos. Understand what's happening and then donate to our friends at World Central Kitchen to help on the ground. That's the news for this week. Please hit subscribe to get next week's news and tips straight to your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. To become a member, go to slash membership. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.